Hey everybody, this is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a rock ton of great entertaining and educational information on rocks, fossils, and gemstones. We're going to talk about the Caddy Mountains. There's actually a field trip that went on and uh, you could go there and find some really nice agate and jasper. Also, we're going to talk uh, briefly about a brutal murder of some gemstone sellers. We're going to talk about some gold veins discovered in Mojave County, Arizona. We'll talk about some metaphysical stones real quickly. We're going to talk about the Mars uh, landing and what's going on there, give you an update on that. Also, there's an intact ancient tree in Greece that was found. Our keynote address will be also on Rainbow Obsidian. We're going to talk about Rainbow Obsidian and some tips on how to cut and polish it. Also, we're going to talk about Scotland gemstones and a mega block of fossils that's been found. But first of all, I want to thank you all for supporting the show. Um, we had our 100th episode on our podcast, and kind of to celebrate, we created a song on rocks and minerals just for uh, to be quirky and, and uh, have a little fun with it. So maybe we'll take the time to listen to that again if time allows. I want to thank you for supporting RadicalRocks.com. Go to RadicalRocks.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. All our social media is there. We have videos, blogs, of course the podcast, social media, and much, much more. So come be a part of that, and uh, we'd love to have you there. So let's get into some of our topics for today. First of all, on the Observer in uh, Pakistan, Pakistan uh, Observer, at pakobserver.net, there was an article on an intact petrified tree. They feel it's uh, millions of years old. It was unearthed in Greece. Now, this tree is quite spectacular. It was found on the Greek island of Lesbos, and it was hailed as very unique with its branches and roots still intact. Nearly a 20-meter tree is going to help them understand the region's ancient subtropical ecosystem from times gone by. They have not quite identified what this tree is. They have a picture of it there on the website. Um, It looks just kind of a grayish color, but who knows what it looks like inside if it were cut open. Can't wait to see what that's like as that information gets brought to light. They started digging in November and continued digging through Christmas, finding the branches and the roots well-preserved, and this is a wonderful find. Next in uh, information on the NASA Mars rover, the Perseverance was spotted by the satellite that's orbiting called the ExoMars Orbiter, and it was found in the Jezero crater, and it is in good tact. This is still communicating with Earth and uh, will help relay the information as they look for signs of life on Mars. No exploration has been so ambitious to find these signs of life. Now, this also is going to amount, as we've mentioned in past episodes, quite a rock-hounding extravaganza on the surface of Mars. Once Mars, they feel, was covered with water and has dried out. Some of the water may be locked in areas 
beneath Mars' dusty surface. That will be the goal to find that. Any signs of bacterial, fossils, or any evidence of that sort is what they are looking for. Also, minerals that can be helpful for landing on the moon are also are on Mars rather on the moon on Mars are quite desirable as a manned flight to Mars is planned in the future now in mining news gold and silver i thought this was interesting a company from Vancouver is actually exploring the United States of America in the Mojave Desert in Arizona Kingman Minerals has found two highly mineralized veins in the Rosebud area where gold and silver has been found before. This is in the JuniorMiningWork.com. You can look that up. It was written by Sandy McDougall, and she reports quite often on some of these discoveries here in the United States. They've got pictures of these cores that came out of the ground, and then they have a diagram showing how they've cut through rhyolite uh, veins and then through other ore bodies and mineral bodies and found these mineralized vein bodies that look quite promising in this area. So this area is in the Music Mountains of Mojave County, Arizona, comprised of 71 load claims, including the Rosebud Mine high-grade gold and silver veins discovered in this area in the 1880s, mined up until the 20s and 30s primarily, with a few little hit-and-miss mining, uh, small mining operations here and there through the 80s and 90s and such. There's a 400-foot shaft that goes about uh, 200, or excuse me, 2,500 feet in these drifts and crosscuts. So it is uh, a good discovery to find these new uh, mineralized veins in this area is quite promising. Now in Utah, scientists are looking at a find a find of what they call a mega block of fossils at ksltv.com you can read about this by John Hollenshorst and he wrote this on February the 26th but this block of fossils they need money to to continue searching it but it's just a big huge nine-ton pile of fossils. They figure there's about 23 different species in there, or at least 23 different things. And it looks like um, something that got caught up in a whirlwind of water to me, and they're all mixed up and stuck together. Certainly looks like the result of a huge act of water and flood. They're suggesting that this came from some sandy quicksand Uh, It's full of reptiles and different species that uh, may be newly discovered to the area. So they really need to get in there and find out what uh, is going on. They found these tiny little baby dinosaurs that are about chicken size in there, other uh, voracious predators and other animals in this pile that they feel was in a puddle of some sort of quicksand that they couldn't get out of. So as they dig these apart, hopefully we will get more information and maybe some new discoveries on these creatures. Now here's something I didn't talk about in the opening statements. Let me grab a swig of coffee here, please. It says, Are Aberdeen Scotland's gemstones in the Evening Express at eveningexpress.co.uk 
there was a reporter that wrote this article here uh, on the 26th that Scottish agates have been used in jewelry and other precious objects for more than 200 years. They have a snuff box here that has an agate cover here, quite beautiful, white layers and lines with a beautiful red center on it, uh, hues of gray lines going through it. And agates, their patterns and varieties have been uh, particularly um, popular since the late 1700s. And these could be found in cavities of volcanic rocks, formed once these cavities fill, trapped in hot lava, and slowly filled with silica-rich materials laying uh, layer upon layer over possibly thousands of years. Who knows? Could happen quickly, too, depending on what... Uh, studies you're reading, but these agate-bearing rocks can be found near uh, and dear to Aberdeen around the south coast of the Aberdeen Shire in and near Stonehaven and Angus near Montrose. So they have several different items here made with these different colored um, agates and gemstones, and um, they're quite quite valuable and collectible. They're known as Scottish Pebbles. They decorate um, a magnificent silver chalice here, a cup that was presented to Tory St. Fittix Parish Church in memory of Peter Cran, a church elder and one of the founders of the church and his widow at Easter 1900. Also, uh, some of these are carved in uh, from banded agate, moss agate, jasper, carnelia, uh, serpentine, Heliothrope, uh, granite, all of these areas that are in Scotland produce these beautiful gemstones and are part of this collection. You can go to their website at www.aagm.co.uk and look at thousands of items in this collection if that strikes your interest. Now, I want to get into uh, an article that is on Rock and Jim. It's entitled, Tumbling Talk, Ancient Lapidaries, and Captivating Cornelia. I thought it was going to be about tumbling. It, it really wasn't about tumbling so much as it was about Cornelia. Um, but you can get their newsletter. They sent this to me. It's free. It was written by Antoinette Ron, um, and that was on the 25th of... Uh, of this year of February. And it also says it was written by Tony Ron. So it looks like it might've been a family, um, uh, initiative here to write this article. Uh, it's sponsored by Kingley's North, but they talk about this, uh, ancient tumbling practices from, uh, Egypt where they would smooth out the carnelia. In fact, I think we just talked about an ancient ring that was made in Egypt, which was a cat carved out of a beautiful dark red carnelia. And they used it a lot, and some of these stones would come up quite beautiful and give the stone, um, find out if it had a lot of inclusions or if it was a clear, a clear piece or whatever. They would just use a combination of rocks back and forth, with water and sand to smooth these stones off and then select the ones that they wanted. Um, they would use a goat skin bag uh, with water and chipped rocks and fine rocks 
and ground rocks and in this ingredients they would roll this around creating a manual polish and uh, that would give them these polished stones but it would take them months to do this months just to to do one single polish um so that's a lot of work we really it takes months now but at least we have the machines that we can buy uh, according to the sponsor of this article, Kingsley North. So carnelian is beautiful. Uh, it's a variety of chalcedony, very popular in ancient times, very uh, mystic and thought to bring uh, resonate uh, energy. And uh, you can read more about this at minerals.net, about carnelian and agate and these properties. But most of the carnelian today comes from India, Brazil, Uruguay, and uh, I've picked up a few pieces myself out in the California deserts and Arizona deserts. Also, New Jersey uh, and Oregon host carnelian deposits. So you could look around and find that. Mindat.org is a good place to look for um, obscure uh, catches of different types of gem. Now, another one that we didn't talk about is the Roosevelt Dam Agate. Again, this is from Rock and Jim. You just go to rock, the letter N, gem.com, and uh, they have the article there. You look up Roosevelt Dam Agate, a gem loaded with history. Uh, there's no no credit to anyone on this one. It was, came out on February the 20th. Again, this is one they emailed to me. Uh, down here, it does give credit to Helen Saris Herman, and she talks about this. It is a bracated agate, a white kind of color. It looks like little chips and squares and rectangles. Uh, some of them are elongated more than others, and they are in the spread out in different types of patterns. Some of them can look like scenery. Some of them can be quite interesting, um, but there's quite a bit of history to the Theodore Roosevelt Dam that is located on the Salt River northeast of Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it was built around the turn of the century uh, between 1905 and 1911. There's been expansion projects over the years. It generates a lot of electricity. But uh, this dam, when they were digging it, they found this Roosevelt agate. And it is uh, beautiful. And like I said, it it is quite picturesque. If you want to um, find this, you can, again, look up this article and see pictures of this agate. Um, I don't know if you can still collect it or not. There are some pictures of it here. The Roosevelt Dam agate, it says they followed the historic Apache Trail, reached the copper mining town of Globe, and they found the Copper City Rock Shop. And they found specimens and uh, slabs there for sale. And that's where they got it from. Um, some of these rare specimens were uncovered during the dam's excavation, possibly during the renovation in the 1990s. So it is uh, a breakated variety. Uh, it is a like a pastelite and, uh, that you would find in Burrow Creek, if you want to compare it to something. It says it's very, very close to that. A type of chert jasper uh, found some 14 miles southeast of Wickup in Mojave County, Arizona. Burrow Creek is a favored rock hounding location uh, because of purple agate and uh, a solid purple agate and sometimes with black dendrites. And pastelite is also a bracated variety, but true to its name, it occurs only in pastel colors of pink, peach, gray, uh, unlike the mostly shark white color in the Roosevelt Dam agate. 
So it is very rare, but uh, it can be found at that rock shop there. They have directions how to get there, and you can look that up if that is something you are interested in. Now, the story of the rock sellers or gym dealers that were murdered. Um, it's a two-part series. So um, if this is something you, you want to hear, I'll tell you about the first part today. Um, basically, it is these gemstone dealers in Mahinji who were brutally killed. The article was in the citizen.co.tz uh, website. It was written to, on March the 2nd, so it just came out today. But uh, what happened here is a thick plot. It was written by Bernard James that started on January 14th. 2006. It involves several police officers. The details uh, are in here of the police officers, how the phone calls came in, and these individuals were arrested. Several of them were found with a gun and uh, money and things like that, um, and some of the gemstones. So at this part of the article, we are led down a path where these individuals were arrested in two different cars. Um, some of them um, are associated with the store where they call, they say SH5 million in cash. So whatever type money they have there. And I'll do some more research on that next week. And we'll go into this murder mystery of how these gym deal, dealers were killed in our next episode. But what I want to talk about uh, is one um, one more story before we get into our keynote address on Obsidian. Um, I believe this is the last one I have. This young man, Peter Markery Tormbley, if I'm saying it right, Peter Market, it's M-A-R-E-K Trumbly. This young man here um, was a rock and gym lover in the article, and unfortunately, he lived a very short life. Um, he was born in 1993, and he passed away on February 19, unexpectedly here, from uh, Provo, Utah. And he was an avid rock collector and uh, gym, gym lover. And we wanted to just wish him and his family um, the best. And, and uh, our hearts go out to losing such a young man that uh, passed away. But uh, we are all tied together by the love of rocks, gems, and minerals. And hopefully he is able to enjoy that in this next, uh, his heavenly adventure. And may, may uh, our hearts go out to the family on that. All right. Let's get into our keynote address. Um, I looked at an article that popped up in my searches about the 10 best radio, uh, rainbow obsidians called uh, from markettreasuretelecast.com. And I was really unimpressed with the article. They had a lot of jewelry that was for sale, basically, and um, beads and gems and things like that. But it made me... Think about obsidian. I've always had a really hard time cutting it. Um, different types of obsidian. You have rainbow sheen. You have um, mahogany. You have black. You have different 
hues and colors of obsidian. And then there's the beautiful rainbow obsidian. You know, when this is cut right, it really looks nice. And trying to find tips and stuff on it, um, seems like there's a book out there on how to cut obsidian that they're trying to sell. I get that. You, you want to make some money when you're putting your time and effort um, into um, building different sorts of media and outlets and, you know, at least enough to pay for what you're doing would be nice. I get that. But there is a book out there. But what I'm finding is a lot of posting spots that talk about Rainbow Obsidian. And people are trying to figure out how to get that sheen and what direction to cut it. So um, if it is a sheen, then what you're going to see is <clears throat> like lines. If you cut it at a certain angle, you're going to get lines. So obviously, if you want the most sheen... If you have enough sheen in the rock, you're going to want to cut it at an angle. Now, some are recommending that you cut it parallel to the grain at 10 degrees. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think cutting it almost into the grain and carving the cabbage on is going to give you kind of a bullet eye look. But if you cut it, you know too far in and and the grains are stand you know you're cutting right into the layers then you're going to get just lines so it's going to be, depend on the stone and rainbow is a little different it it doesn't always it's not always in layers it can be concurved and and shaped there's something about rainbow obsidian if you go to mindat.org and look up Rainbow Obsidian, you're going to see some beautiful pictures of Rainbow Obsidian. And you're going to find out, um, well, Obsidian, you got to be aware, there's a couple hazards. One is it is a, a volcanic glass, and it can fracture and have razor-sharp uh, edges that will cut right through your skin and flesh clear to the bone. Also, dry grinding, um, that will kill you because you'll get cilioscus from sosilic um, dust which can give you sicilic poisoning and kill you, um, overwhelm your body and kill you. So you need to have it wet. If it's wet, it's safe. If it's dry, then you better get a fan and you better wear a respirator. Now, a respirator needs to be properly fitted uh, to be safe. It needs to seal completely tightly on your face. They usually use a smell like a banana smell or uh, maybe one of those capsules, ammonia capsules. They put it around it to see if you can smell through it when you block the breathing port you suck in and see if you can smell anything. Um, so you have to be very careful with this dust. Uh, you do not want to breathe it. But anyway, it goes on to tell you uh, a, a series of areas where you can find rainbow obsidian. You can find different obsidian. Uh, there's areas in Mexico, California. You can find it in Modoc County. You can find it in Davis Creek. There's Lake County in Oregon. These are some very popular, well-known historic areas where uh, collecting rainbow obsidian has been done. Now, some of the details about rainbow obsidian can also be found at mine.com mindat.com um, there is a German name for it there's all kinds of names for it but this iridescence that is caused on the rainbow obsidian the multicolored rainbow obsidian this iridescence is caused by inclusions of magnetite 
Okay, this picks up these different colors. This is also, I believe, what is causes the colors in fire agate. Okay, not not fire opal, fire agate. It is this magnetite that creates these flashes of color in there. Now, obsidian is a natural glass. Again, handle it with care. Um, there's other areas here that are mentioned that can you can find obsidian in Mexico, uh, Jacisco, in the uh, San Andreas area, California, Modoc, Davis Creek, and uh, Lake County in Oregon are also noted. Now, some of the things, um, let's see if I can find, there was some cutting information on this somewhere. If I can find it. Um, oh, one more thing before we end, too. I've got a field trip on the Baxter Wash in the Caddy Mountains. But let's talk about obsidian cutting it, okay? So we talked about the angles. You're going to have to use your own discretion there. People carve rainbow obsidian. So sometimes the color does curve and wave. It's not just a straight angle that's going to pick up all the color. Um you are going to get a different look. So you're going to have to kind of experiment. 10 degrees is one suggestion. Um, I would think, you know, um, you would want to think about your capuchon that you're cutting. Um, the bigger the face and the edge, um, the flatter, the more on the surface of the sheen that you can cut. Um, if it's a rainbow and it curves and ebbs and edges, you may make a cabbageon and you have all the color on one side. So it really depends on what what piece you're working with. But the other thing that is difficult about obsidian is it's hard to get the scratches out. Um, it doesn't like to be very forgiving on the scratches because it is a glass. Um, and the crystals are so finely attached together that any scratch will show up on the face of your cabochon. So you will want to take that down, um, not just to 600 grit. You will want to go down to um, 12,000. Uh, I've heard of a 50,000 uh, wheel grit. So you're going to want to take that down as far as you can on the highest, highest, finest, finest grit that you can possibly find to get a good shine and get all those scratches out of that obsidian so that it looks spectacular. All right, so I thought we were over, but we've got one more story. Um, the Anaheim Searchers Gym and Mineral Society, um, they send out their newsletter. They are a rock and gym and mineral club that you can join for a very affordable fee. Um, they put out a wonderful newsletter that I get uh, every month. Now, they have given the highlights of their field trip in the um, Baxter Wash. And I want to share that with you because that is in the Caddy Mountains. We've done a couple of videos on YouTube and collected in the Caddy Mountains. Not this particular area. Actually, I wished I had been in this area. It looks like a spectacular area. Uh, it can be windy there. They had 32 folks join in uh, their caravan through the desert. Uh, people from the Santa Ana Rock and Mineral Club and other few guests came along. Um, the winds, they were there uh, through Afton Canyon and Pink Hills, but uh, they pressed on 
and they found a lot of rocks. They've got some wonderful pictures of the gemstones here. They had a donation made by Cindy Mandel of the Mining Supplies and Rock Shop. Um, you can visit that at Mining Supplies Sandy. Oh, excuse me, Mining Supplies and rockshop.com you can go there and visit that if you want i'm not getting sponsored by any of this just giving a plug to folks that are keeping rock hounding alive there's some beautiful plume um, some beautiful um, tube and moss type agates that they've got some pictures of here where you can go there their next field trip is going to be in tacopa california and uh, looks like they will be visiting the Speary Wash and collecting agonized flora fossils, and they're going to visit the War Eagle Mine in Shoshone in search of other interesting mines. There's a iron ore there. There's also gold and silver as a secondary mineral. So stay tuned for that trip. If you're in that area or you're going to be in that area, you'll want to get a hold of the Searchers um, Gym and Mineral Club. They have all the latest um, gym and mineral shows, and I'm trying to find where their website is here. But if you look up Searchers uh, Gym and Mineral Club, it will pop up, and you can be a part of that. So that is it. Uh, if you've hung out with me up to this point, and you would like to hear our new song in conclusion... Uh, it's just a quirky little song for fun. I thought um, I would do something for my 100th podcast um, and entertain with a quirky little song about collecting rocks, gems, and minerals. And I will share that with you right now as soon as I can pop it up if you are still with us. And um, remember, rockhounds don't die. They petrify. I will leave you with this little send-off right now. As soon as it starts to play, I am clicking it incessantly, trying to get it to play. And because my internet is so slow, I'm on satellite. By the way, if you're interested in my personal, what's been going on, uh, it has been really a challenge and tough as uh, we have not... Uh, oh, maybe I need to turn the volume up. As we have not... There we go. <laughs> oh, sorry, I blew it. You'll have to tune into the 100th podcast to hear it. Can't wait to get these home and make some cabochons. <laughs> <laughs>